Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, an expert in child development and education, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, it is a comprehensive, trauma-informed, brain-based, self-regulation program we like to call practice that combines discipline, social-emotional learning, and school culture into one integrated process. Today we're going to talk about administrators supporting teachers who work with children of trauma. A very, very, very difficult task, one for the teachers and certainly for the administrators who oversee their work. And we're going to have the opportunity to talk with Abby Cruz, a certified conscious discipline instructor who has been with us before because she started the playing field in Madison, Wisconsin. The playing field is a program that Abby came up with to kind of level the playing field as we're trying to reduce that gap between the have and the have-nots, etc. So the playing field combines three types of clientele. It combines children that are homeless, children that are from middle-class families, and Head Start children all in one classroom. One thing that makes the playing field so unique and actually levels the playing field is that children interact with children they wouldn't normally find next door, and parents interact with each other that don't typically do so on a daily basis. At the playing field, they serve children infants through four years old. And so the trauma these children have experienced is called developmental trauma. And it's almost the reverse of what we normally think. A lot of people believe that, oh, they're so young, they don't even remember it. They're so young, you know, they're so resilient. You know how babies just bounce back. Well, the truth is trauma happens when you become immobilized. So let me explain that. If we're at at our house, pretend you're at your house and you're sleeping and all of a sudden you hear a noise, what's the first thing you do? You hold your breath, you stop breathing, and you try to make it so quiet that you can locate that sound. Where is that sound? So you get into what's called a hypervigilant state, holding your breath and paying attention to small details of motion and movement and sound, always looking for the attacker. Second thing you do is once you locate that thing, you decide, am I going to run after it or run away from it? And so that's a typical response. What if that attacker is right up off your bed and got a knife at your throat? Then you can't run away from it and you can't attack it and you realize this is it. There's nothing I can do. I'm immobilized. And when you become immobilized, then your body shuts down and prepares to die, and that's called trauma. So if you think of little kids, especially babies, they can't run towards anything. They can't run away from anything. They're actually more vulnerable to trauma than any other time in the lifespan. Even a toddler, where can they run to? Where can they run from? So they're also immobilized. So things can traumatize young children. They're more sensitive to trauma than any other time. Just us screaming at them can traumatize them. They can't get away from us. 
trauma affects us all, regardless of socioeconomic class, regardless of race, regardless of anything. 70% of all adults have experienced trauma. Of those 70% of us, many of us are teachers. And the people we teach, 26% of all children ages zero to four have also experienced trauma. So we have some interesting dynamics occurring in some classrooms. Not only is working with trauma children very, very exhausting, very, very difficult. It's especially difficult if you yourself have your own trauma to deal with. So Abby is here to help us as an administrator. How do I, as an administrator, possibly deal with my own trauma so I can help the teachers who possibly have trauma deal with these children who possibly have trauma? And you can almost change that possibly to probably. So we're excited to have Abby Cruz with us once again as she shares with us how an administrator helps the teachers do this most difficult and challenging job and help themselves at the same time. Welcome, Abby, to Real Talk for Real Teachers. Thank you, Becky. It's an honor to be here today and to share with your audience something that I'm really passionate about, and that is how administration can better support teachers, and especially those teachers who are serving children impacted by trauma. I have already talked with you about my program, The Playing Field, where we serve children who may be experiencing homelessness. But in addition to homelessness, the children in our program have really faced every kind of trauma. We've seen loss of a parent, whether that's through death or incarceration, transitions in and out of the foster care system, abuse, neglect, domestic violence in the home, or substance abuse in the home. And our entire program model is built on the importance of emotional attachment. We know that a secure emotional connection can help to heal these children, but the truth is it isn't easy to build these connections with children who've been impacted by trauma. It's like they're internally crying out and saying, I need love and I need connection. But externally, we see these aggressive behaviors that seem to say, stay back. And this is seen in every kind of school, every kind of program. Trauma definitely is not limited to children from low-income families. When adults don't know how to respond to these children, they often resort to methods that cause further harm to the child. They may isolate the child with timeout or suspension or expulsion. And yet we know that what these children really need is connection. They need to be included, not excluded. I really believe that most teachers want to help and support these children. They want to be helpful to children who are experiencing this kind of adversity, but it isn't easy. The children don't arrive at school each day and say, thanks for having me. This is such a great place and y'all seem like really nice people. They show up in a state of high alert and many of them are ready to fight. And unfortunately, it's our teachers who are often taking the brunt of this. In our program, we've actually had two teachers get concussions. One when a child hit her on the head with a block and the other when a child headbutted her. So over the last few years, we've learned a lot about what it takes to support teachers in these very challenging roles. And recruiting and retaining our staff is one of our biggest challenges as an organization. Honestly, we're still learning, but I hope that what I'm going to share today is going to help other administrators and programs who may be serving children impacted by trauma. And I've put together five practices that help our administration team to support our teachers as they support children who are extremely vulnerable. The first is honesty. 
So be honest about how difficult this job is. We start this in our interview process. Candidates come to us with all kinds of ideas about what our program is. Some of them are a little starry-eyed and they want to love the homeless babies or they want to change the world. And we've even had some applicants say to us that they want to work with us because our ratios are low and they think that our job is going to be easier than the one they have where they're responsible for more children. In our hiring process, we're extremely blunt about what it's like to undertake this work. One of our interview questions is, how will you respond if a child tells you to F off? We've shocked some people with that question. Before we actually make the offer to someone, I tell them very bluntly, there are going to be days that you leave this job and you go home and you look in the mirror and you think, I am changing the world. And there's going to be more days that you go home and look in the mirror and think, I could be making more money waiting tables and not get kicked in the shins and not be spit on. So we know this honesty has cost us some applicants. They've run out of the interview and we've never heard from them again. But we also know we're gaining nothing by hiring people who have no idea what they're coming into. In addition to being honest with job applicants, we're also honest with the staff. The work is hard, and to minimize that in any way would be dishonest and disrespectful. And we want to honor the work that they do. So one thing that I learned after our first year that it's okay for the work to be hard. I was feeling really angry for the entire first year after I started this program. And when I had a chance to take a really good look at that, I realized that I had been telling myself, this shouldn't be so hard. Everyone should want to help homeless children. Everybody should care about this. So at that time, I decided I need to change my inner speech. I need to change the way I'm talking to myself, and I need to change what I'm saying to my team. So instead of saying, this shouldn't be so hard, I changed it to telling myself and everybody around me, if changing the world was easy, everybody would be doing it. So that kind of brings me to the next practice that is keeping the mission in front of yourself and your staff. And it's easy to forget why when you're caught up in the daily tasks and challenges. So you come up with situations that you never could anticipate and you think, how in the world are we going to do this? How is this going to work? How are we going to work through this situation? And I definitely have seen that when we get focused on the how, we feel completely overwhelmed But when we focus on the why, we're united. We're all rowing the boat in the same direction. So yes, the job is difficult and the challenges sometimes feel overwhelming. But the reason we do this work is really important. We're doing this because these children have already faced huge amounts of adversity. And we are providing them with the one thing that can help them rise above that adversity. And this is not only to change their life, but to change the lives of the people around them. One secure attachment can change a child's life. And for many of our children, teachers are providing that secure attachment. The next practice that's critical for supporting teachers who serve trauma-impacted children is providing them with the skill that they need to do the job. So we invest heavily in professional development because no one comes to us with the skills that they need for this work. It doesn't matter what their professional background or their educational background is, everybody comes in with a huge learning curve. So all of our staff get extensive training in conscious discipline. All of our lead teachers attend the week-long Conscious Discipline Summer Institute. And this has been critical for our success because conscious discipline provides your staff with the knowledge and the skill that they need to address really challenging behaviors. The other thing that conscious discipline does is to help our teachers address their own trauma history. We know that many people who come to this kind of work have experienced their own trauma. They come to this work because 
they have compassion and they want to help other people. But if they don't address their own trauma history, then it actually means they're passing that trauma along. And I had a teacher in my program who was always complaining about something. I found myself avoiding her. I would actually pretend I was on the cell phone when I had to walk by her classroom because she was always complaining about this wasn't right or this wasn't good enough or, you know, some decision was made that she didn't like. And one day I realized that my perception of her was that she was a whiner. She was a complainer. And I decided that I needed to change that perception because it was obviously interfering with my ability to work with her. So I changed from seeing her as somebody who's always whining or always complaining. And I said, this is somebody who wants everything to be perfect for the children in her care. Well, because I did that, then I was able to kind of maintain my own composure when she began complaining or um, pointing out something to me that wasn't quite, quite right. So instead of avoiding her, I actually invited her to attend a two-day training with me on the Feeling Buddies. We had a three-hour drive both ways in the car. And on the way home from this training, the teacher began just to pour out her own trauma history and how much she had learned about herself and her own family during this training. And I think this is when I really started to understand how important it was for teachers to address their own trauma history and how conscious discipline can help them do that. I was there to be a support for her in this process, and I was really grateful for that moment. And I know somebody is thinking probably, I, you know, I have a lot to get done. I don't have time to be a counselor to every one of my staff. And yes, that's very true. We have a role in helping teachers address their own trauma history, and it's critical that we do this so that we don't see that trauma get passed along to the next generation. But the truth is, we do have a lot of work to do, and as administrators, we obviously don't have the time to serve as counselors or therapists to our teachers. And this is where building the school family comes in. We are seeing that teachers who hired and mentored and trained with us are now serving in the same role for new staff. They have each other to lean on. It's just like in a classroom when you see children begin to support and teach each other. The teacher can't do it all, and neither can one administrator. But in a healthy school family, we see the staff supporting each other. It might be mentoring somebody new. It might be as simple as just seeing that somebody needs some help and sending your assistant over for a few minutes. We know this work is hard. It's draining physically. It's draining emotionally. Those of us doing this work, we need to be able to turn to each other on our hardest day and know that somebody is going to be there that really understands. And somebody's got our back. We have just created this new room in my school for children who they use it when they can't be safe in the classroom. And the best practice, we told the staff, that the best practice would be for the person who's closest with that child to go with them. But we also know that sometimes that person's all done. They aren't regulated, so they can't help the child regulate. And that teacher needs to be able to say to another staff person, you take this one, and know that they're gonna be there to help and support without judgment. We all need each other, and building the school family is crucial. There's no way one administrator can adequately support an entire staff. And within the school family model, the teachers support each other. It's also important to celebrate the successes along the way. I had a new teacher in my program, and she was really struggling. She'd never worked with children impacted by trauma, and there was a new little guy who was really having a hard time. And after about two weeks, he just had this amazing day. And of course, I knew that there were going to be more tough days ahead, And I said to her, hold on to this moment. Remember how good this feels because this is what keeps us all coming back. 
And celebrating those successes is what keeps us all going. When I see a success, I'm always sure to point it out to my teacher and say, you are doing this. That right there is because of you. And I consider every person on my staff to be a miracle. It amazes me that they choose to do this really challenging job every single day. And I'm awed by the skill and the love and the dedication that they bring to it. And I try to communicate my gratitude to them. The truth is that I'll never be able to pay them a salary that matches the importance of the work that they do or the level of skill that it takes to do it. And what I can offer is my ongoing support and my sincere gratitude. So I know this is a really big topic and this list certainly isn't intended to cover everything that it takes to support children impacted by trauma. But for today, what we've talked about is being honest, acknowledging the work is challenging, and remembering that it's okay for the work to be hard. If changing the world was easy, everybody would do it. The next thing we talked about was keeping the mission in front of everyone, remembering the why that we do this important work and not getting caught up always in the how are we going to get it done. The next thing was providing teachers with the skill needed to do this work and understanding that many teachers enter this work with their own trauma history. For our program, Conscious Discipline is a gift that helps our staff in their personal journey and their professional journey. The fourth thing that we talked about was building the school family where the staff can lean on and support each other because, again, one administrator can't do it all. The last thing that we talked about was celebrating the success, taking time to recognize and celebrate the small successes along the way and showing gratitude for these amazing teachers who love children who really, really need love. I hope this has been helpful and please know that I am celebrating each person who has chosen to serve children impacted by trauma. Mr. Rogers said, anyone who does anything to help a child in his life is a hero to me. So you are all heroes and I am so grateful for the work that you choose to do each day. Becky, thank you for having me here today and thank you for Conscious Discipline and the School Family Model. Well, Abby, oh my gosh, just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Five no-cost ways that we can help each other and through our most difficult and challenging work that we do. And I love the part where you said, you know, there's not one administrator that can do this. There's not one teacher that can do this. And how you pointed out that the Conscious Discipline School family teaches staff to utilize each other, support each other. And without that, I think the intensity of the pain of the children in our care would take us all down. So we have to hold hands and create a school family, not just for the kids, but for one another. So again, wow and thank you. So what is Becky up to? Well, speaking of trauma, Uh, I did a two-day trauma workshop in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was so successful, I think, and so helpful to many that I'm going to repeat that in 2019 at least two more times, hopefully spread out through the United States. So keep a watch out on the web if you're interested in learning more and going deeper into this subject and how you can all work together to help heal one another. Now, What are some celebrations? Well, I'm going to catch you up to date. Many podcasts ago, I said we were going to do uh, the audio Schubert and Sophie books. And we decided that we were going to have the staff here at the office at Conscious Discipline Headquarters, International Headquarters. 
they tried out for different parts and now we've got the audio almost completely done and so we're celebrating that the whole staff selected roles got into it did their best and we've almost got it done and certainly a shout out again to Robert and Manuel and all those that are working on this so diligently so keep a heads up for that also on the website and for all of you whether you've experienced trauma or not May we keep an open heart and an open mind and never ask this question. What's wrong with this child? If they're not behaving in a way you think is helpful, just know something happened and ask yourself, what can I do to help this child, this family, and myself at the same time be successful? And never forget to ask for help. Until next time. I wish you well. For more episodes of Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.